Today on Awaken to Grace, we are in a great series called The Kings of the Old Testament, and today is part two of the life of King Amaziah. We are calling today the king who was half-hearted. His fatal flaw is that while he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, he didn't do it with a whole heart. He represents today's believer that is half-hearted. Well, one of the principles we're going to see in today's part two is that Amaziah had no business going to war. And the reason why is because I believe he got mad, he got hurt, he got offended with God. Today I have a specific word for those who are upset or let down or disappointed by God. And you know what the mistake Amaziah made? As we'll see at the conclusion of today's sermon, God is able to take care of his own interest. He should have left that battle in the hands of the Lord. And you know what, my friends? There are certain things you and I don't need to be involved in. We need to give it over to God and let God take care of his own business. Well, that's what we're going to learn today from the life of Amaziah. And we are going to learn how to avoid many of the mistakes many of the pitfalls that he found himself in. Well, I hope today encourages you. Let's go to God's Word today, 2 Chronicles chapter 25, part 2 of King Amaziah. I obeyed you, and look where it got me. Rated. So you know what? Maybe it was me who won that war. Maybe it was my strategy. Maybe it was my military might. Maybe it was my strong arm that overcame the Edomites. Maybe God is nowhere in the picture. So I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll take their gods and that's what I'll worship. Wow, what a turn. What a turn of events. I don't know who I'm preaching to today. But I know in my heart that I'm preaching to people today who feel let down by God. You feel disappointed by God. You feel like you obeyed everything that God told you to do. And where did it get you? Sorrow. Heartache. Loss. The enemy came in and raided everything that you had. And the enemy came and took this spoil. And where was God? I'm reading a fascinating book right now called Tortured for Christ. The story of Richard and Sabina Wormbrand from Romania in the 1940s. Richard Warmbrand was a communist, a Marxist, an atheist, and a Jew. By his late 20s, he had rejected God and everything about God. You know why? Because he saw a lot of suffering in the world. And because he saw suffering in his own family. It's because Richard could not reconcile a God who was good and a God who would allow suffering. 
It did not compute for him. And he couldn't reconcile it. In his 20s, he tried to go to Mass. He walked up to a stone statue of Mary. And he said, that's exactly what you are. You're stone. You don't hear. You don't answer. You're stone. And he walked away from God. Well, God has a way of getting our attention, doesn't he? God has a way of revealing himself to us, doesn't he? God has a way of getting his sheep, no matter how far from the fold they go, he goes after them. God got a hold of Richard Wormbrand. And God got a hold of Sabina. And they turned the world upside down. They're in heaven today, but their work still continues. Many people have asked me, Chad, why are you not angry at God? Not only do you pray for God to open your blind eyes, but so many people pray for me. People tell me all the time, Chad, I pray for you every day. Oh, I appreciate that. Have you ever been let down by God? Have you ever been disappointed by Him? Have you ever felt betrayed by God? I think Amaziah did. And I don't think he knew what to do. So you know what he did? He did what so many of us do. He turned to idolatry. Now, what is idolatry? When you and I think of idolatry, I think in our, at least in our culture, this Western American culture, we think of statues. We think of people worshiping crazy things. Some years ago, I smuggled Bibles into communist Vietnam. And I was amazed. Every little story that I would go into, they would have a carving of Buddha. And they would have incense burning. And they would have fresh fruit laid out for that statue. I went to the infamous Kaodai Temple in southern Vietnam. They had erected a massive wooden image. I mean, it was, I don't, it was probably 100 feet tall. Hundreds and hundreds of people worshiping, bowing down to this massive image. They actually had a children's choir singing to this image. It was idolatry like I had never seen in all my life. I felt like I was in a movie. It was unbelievable. <clears throat> but just because in our culture we don't worship statues, don't think for a moment that we don't worship. Don't think for a moment that we are not prone to idolatry. Do you know what the problem is with idolatry? Is that human hearts are prone toward it. Do you know what true worship is? When you and I came in here today to worship God, do you know it has nothing to do with the music style? It has nothing to do with 
whether a song made you feel emotional or no, whether you liked the beat of it or not. Worshiping God is not a factor when it comes to those things. I should say those things are not factors in worshiping God. Do you know what the word worship means? Now, what am I talking about? He set up carving images. He set up idols. He set up their gods. And he worshiped them as his own. Do we do the same? Potentially, yes. What is idol worship? What is idolatry? Listen, what the word worship means, it actually comes from two old English words. Worth, value, treasure, ship. Worth, value, ship. Worship is what you value. Worship is what you treasure. And you know what? Just like Amaziah, do you know what so many of us do? We make the blessings of God. We make the help of God. We make the provisions of God. We turn them into idols into our life. For some people, their family is their idol. It's the greatest worth. It's the greatest worth to them. Even above the Lord Jesus Christ. For some people, it's their income. For some people, it's security. An idol can be any number of things. It's whatever you find the greatest value, the greatest worth-ship. That's what you worship. And you know what? The danger, people of God, is for us as Christ followers today. The danger is that we do not find value. We do not find treasure. We do not find our greatest worth in anything apart from the Lord Jesus Christ. Anything else is idolatry. Even the good things. Even the blessings. Even the things that God wants to bring right into your life. Our human nature can flip it into an idol just like that. And this is the warning for us. Is that we would not allow disappointments with God. We would not allow times that we wish things had been different. To set up in our hearts idol worship toward the Lord Jesus Christ. Because God will not have it. He will not have it. God is a jealous God. And he won't compete with any other thing in your life. Are there things that are the sheer blessings of God, but yet they're competing with God right now? Are there things that God loves for you to enjoy, but you enjoy them more than the Lord Jesus Christ? Friends, it might be you've turned it into an idol. Do you know what we should do? We should do exactly what Amaziah should have done. We should simply repent and turn from it. You know, I love my family. I'm amazed how much I love my family. Oh, I got so scared this week. Did you hear what happened to John Mark? John Mark is only three. Poor John Mark. He's got this blind dad. And I got up real early that morning and I'm sitting in my recliner listening to a book or something. And John Mark comes upstairs and he tells me he hit his head. Well, you know, I thought he, like, hit a doorknob or something, you know. He, the boy hits his head all the time. (laughs) 
And I didn't know he fell out of the bed and hit it on the bed rail, and he was really hurt. I felt so bad. I'd say, Jaybird, quit whining. You're okay. Walk it off. You're fine. Rub some dirt in it, boy. You all right? I had no idea how hurt he really was. Couldn't see it. Sadie gets up a bit later, and Sadie sees it and goes, oh, my gosh. Oh, no. No, that's really bad. And you know what he begins to do? He begins to throw up. He threw up six times consecutively. We called his doctor, and she said, don't even take him to the ER. Take him straight to Nicewanger. Take him straight there. Boy, that would make you feel real nervous real fast. And come to find out, he's got my hard head. No bleeding on the brain, just, but he did have a concussion. We love our families. We love our children. We love our spouses. We love our families. But you know what? The Bible doesn't say it's in our family that we live, move, and have our being. The Bible says it's in Christ that we live, move, and have our being. And see, many of you, you've lost loved ones. Many of you have lost children. You've lost spouses. You've lost people that you've walked through pain like, I can't know. But you know what the word of the Lord is to all of us, whether you lose children, whether you lose spouses, whether you lose eyesight, whatever. It's in Christ that we live. We move and we have our being. Nothing replaces the Lord Jesus Christ. Nothing at all. God gives us our income. God gives us the ability to have income. He gives us our health. But do we turn that into an idol? And do we love it more than we love the giver? Huh. Let's inventory and let's be on guard that we don't turn the great blessings of God into idols, into our lives. Amaziah should have repented. So watch what happens. Where am I? Verse 15. Somebody tell me what verse 15 says real quick. Give me a, give me a, a reboot. Oh, yeah, thank you. The Lord became angry with Amaziah. Why did God become angry? Because he's an all-consuming fire. And the Lord won't compete. The Lord will not compete. So he sends another prophet to him. He sends a prophet to warn him. To say, Amaziah, what are you thinking? How can you overthrow this army and now worship their gods? That makes no sense. Now remember, well, I think he did it. I think because he's hurt at God. I think he's mad. At God. So remember in verses 7 and 8, Amaziah listened to the prophet. What are we going to do with the money? What do we do with all this silver? We've already paid it. The check's already cashed. What do I do? And the prophet said, cut your losses. And he said, all right, I'll obey God. What changed? Now this prophet comes and says, Amaziah, what are you thinking? This is not right. You've offended God. God's angry at you. And I want you to look at at his response to the prophet. Have we made you a royal counselor? Oh, he's way too big for his britches now. 
Have we made you a royal counselor? Stop! And the prophet stops. But then the prophet says, God's going to destroy you because of what you've done. And Isaiah refused to repent. Now he's so mad at Israel because of what they did in the raid, he wants to go toe-to-toe with them. And do you know why? <coughs> you know why he wants to go toe-to-toe with them? It's because he overthrew the Edomites. He overcame the men of Seir. Now he thinks he's invincible. You know what the problem is when we walk away from God? We start to think we're invincible. And you're not. And now he thinks he's absolutely invincible and he sends word to the king of Israel and he says, I want to see you face to face, eye to eye. In other words, he wants a showdown. And do you know what the king of Israel says? He actually insults him quite a bit. He says, a thistle said to a cedar of Lebanon, give me your daughter. And the donkey treaded the thistle. You know what he's saying? That's, that's old ancient Bible. That's smack talk right there. He's saying, I'm a cedar. You're a twig. And I'm going to run over you like a wild beast. And he says in verse 19, You overcame the Edomites, and now you're proud. Now your head can't even fit through a door frame. And now you've got a serious problem. You better stay home. In other words, let me translate it. You better know your role. It's pretty insulting. And I want you to look at verse 20. In verse 20, Amaziah made the same fatal mistake that his father, Father made in the previous chapter that Joash made. What does the Bible say in verse 20? And he would not listen. The fatal flaw. I wonder who I'm preaching to today. I know this is not a feel-good sermon, and I know that I know it doesn't give you warm fuzzies today. But also know that I'm preaching to somebody today. That God is giving you warning after warning after warning. And what will the commentary of your life be? What will the decision point of this season of your life be? Will it be that you would not listen? God forbid. Verse 21, he picks a fight. Let me tell you what's dangerous when you pick a fight in spiritual warfare and God's not on your side. You're going to get chewed up and spat out. You are no match for the enemy on your own. And there are some Christians who they feel like they are absolutely invincible and they can mix the world and they can mix God and everything will turn out fine. Oh no, my friend, the enemy will devour you. So he picks a fight. He wants to go toe-to-toe with Israel. Verses 22 to 25, they go toe-to-toe and guess what? Israel overcomes them. Israel takes him captive. Verse 27, 
And this is where I begin to close. I want you to pay very close attention to what it says. From the time that Amaziah turned away from the Lord. That's the commentary of his life. Who was Amaziah? He was a man who had all the promise of the future. He was a man who started out listening. He was a man who started out obeying God. (coughs) He was a man who went to war with God and did well and prevailed. But what's the commentary of his life? He wouldn't listen. Like his father before, he listened to the prophet and then he rejected the prophet. He listened to the Lord and then he rejected the Lord. And what's the commentary in verse 27? He turned away from the Lord. They found him in Lachish. And it was in Lachish that they assassinated him. What a sad life. It shouldn't have been that way. He started out well. But he didn't finish well. What about you today? What about you today? Are you listening to the Lord or are you listening to other people? You're listening to God's word. You're listening to a bunch of friends. Who are you listening to? Are you mad at God today? Have the circumstances of life left you angry toward the Almighty? Say, Chad, what do I do if I'm mad at God? I don't want to be mad at God. I don't want to feel this way. What do I do? Well, let me tell you what I do. The Bible says you and I can taste and see that the Lord is good. Taste and see. Take God at His word. See, here's what Amaziah didn't understand. When Judah got raided and plundered, here's what Amaziah didn't understand. That was God's business. That was God's interest. That's God's people. See, Amaziah made God's fight his fight. And that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says the battle is not yours. It belongs to the Lord. The Bible says vengeance is mine, thus saith the Lord. Huh. And see, for some of you, Satan has stolen. Satan has plundered. Satan has carried off spoil. And here you are in your flesh going, I don't know what to do. Hey, let me remind you, it's God's business. It's God's interest. It's God's name on the line. It's God's glory on the line. You don't have to do anything but be faithful and obedient. That's it. But you know when we get in trouble? is when we take the matters into our that's when we go into idol idolatry so what do you need today do you need to humble yourself down then humble down do you need to repent then repent 
Do you need to course correct? Then course correct. Do you need to say, God, I need a new perspective? I need to taste and I need to see that God is good. Whatever you need to do, Amaziah, don't go your own path. Stop. Repent. And look to the Lord. If you enjoy the daily broadcast of Awaken to Grace, then I want to invite you to subscribe to our podcast. You can get our podcast wherever you get your favorite shows. Simply search Awaken to Grace Weekly Sermons.